Hey guys, what's up? This is Vaughn Kohler, and you're listening to the MF CEO Project. Vince Lombardi famously remarked, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Today, the man who taught Andy Frisella to kill, kill, kill returns to the studio to help the MF CEO Project crew and yours truly discuss why a competitive mindset is good for business, America, and the best possible life. That's right, the MFDAD is back. Get ready for today's podcast. Hey guys, what's up? You're listening to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy and I am the motherfucking CEO. What is a motherfucking CEO? I'm here with my co-host, Vaughn Kohler. I'm going to let you explain that today. Oh. What is a motherfucking CEO, Vaughn? Can, you, can you even yes, say the words? Yes, no, I can. I can, I can I'm, going to, I'm going to translate in my language. It is, a, <laughs> it is a gentleman who doesn't take anything from anybody. No crap from nobody. No crap from nobody, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, guys, basically what it is is, you know, you might not be an entrepreneur. You might not own your own business, but you have to understand that you are – the CEO of your own life, okay? You are in charge of the actions that you take. You are in charge of the investments you make into yourself. You are in charge of the effort that you put out into the world. And what this podcast is about, if you're a new listener, is about taking away the fluff, taking away the, the, the fucking unicorns and the fluffy flowers and Care Bears and all the rainbow shit that they teach you growing up in school, getting down to the nitty-gritty facts of what it takes to be successful in entrepreneurship, in business, and in life. Um, today, we have my dad here. The MSCE dad is in the house. What's up, dad? Hey, hey, hey. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, there he is right there <laughs> in the flesh. Um, we're going to offer, for those who want to pay for it, we're going to offer the uncut version. Yeah, we've already the, been the, talking the pre two hour yeah, discussion yeah, we just had. We've already been talking like forty five <laughs> minutes on various topics of importance to American so, society. Yeah, man, we're gonna turn this into politics. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. We had a lot of requests to have the MSC dad back on the show. Um, you know, I text him today and I'm like, "We're podcasting at one. If you want to show up, he's like, I got okay. I don't know if that means I'm coming or I'm not coming. <laughs> just okay. So here he is. Right. Yeah, he texts me ten minutes before. He says, well, "We're having." We're having a show today. Yeah, you, you showed up though ten minutes before, which means you must be like hungry for the fame and riches of podcasting. Yeah, and there I Oh, absolutely. No, I had to yeah. get my therapy from your my other son. Today. Yeah, <clears throat> the one who actually cares about you. Right? Yeah. Well, so I, Sal has you on a, a gallon of water a day. Yeah, a gallon of water to go. Well, tell in. the tell the backstory. So oh, my yeah. dad's seventy years old. He thinks he's twenty. Yeah, he still thinks he'd kick everybody's ass. Mm -hmm. All right. I'll ski your ass. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he did go skiing. We took up skiing for his 70th birthday. He did pretty good. But the thing is, is that he, he thinks he could do everything that he did when he was 20. So he just remodeled his whole bathroom by himself with no help. You know, and, and tiling the floor. I don't know if any of you guys listening do tile or done floors. It's hard. You're up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And he did that thinking, you know, he's, he's the man. And, and what happened? Well, first of all, let's get some background. I'm from the construction industry, and, and that was not unusual for me to do something like that. I've, no, I, you've been doing it your whole life, I, but you're I, old I, now. I didn't let's do physical real. construction work, but I Dave's was in laughing. that life. <laughs> but anyway, uh, by the way, I do really, really good work. If anybody needs their bathroom done out there. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> See, we have this competition in the family of who does the best tile work, all right? Because all of us do tile work, and we always brag about who does the best. And everybody knows that I do the best tile work. But he taught you, right? So you're saying that... Yeah, you know what I learned was when we did that house... We, we, we did a house together. We when, built a spec home together. <clears throat> nice. Yeah, when I was, what, like 18, 19? Uh, you were... You were I was uh, right before I left to go over You were a lot stores. younger and a lot littler. Yeah. No. <laughs> now I'm buffer and more handsomer. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, uh, uh, if anybody's done any tile, you, you have to get up and down. Dude, I didn't it's have, hard work, man. Didn't have anybody yeah. helping me, and I have to get up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Well, it was about three weeks of doing that, and my hamstrings start freezing up. And so I went to the gym, and I worked them out. Yeah, well, I worked them out. They, they froze on me. They physically froze where I couldn't walk. I couldn't tie my shoes. My girlfriend had to tie my shoes, pull my pants up, and, and a few other things. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which which was all right. Yeah, weren't you guys sitting in a fucking bathtub in front of the sunset together? No, man. To see Alice. Let me tell you, my hamstrings hurt so bad there was no none of no shit. But uh, anyway, it's been about a month, uh, and and I finally, my favorite son, which Andrew doesn't think he's uh, he's my favorite son, which he is, but but uh, I have three favorite sons. But yeah. anyway. Uh, Sal has been giving me stretching and torturing me and, and hurting me the last couple of days. I know he's getting me back for when I beat his ass when he was little. That, that's what it's about. But anyway, that's I was coming over anyway right before he texts me. So anyway, we're here. So this is this is Sal's uh, process for you uh, rehabbing, huh? Uh, yeah, he did, he did a pretty good job of it. I mean, I was screaming. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> as much as I like to talk about Sal kicking your ass – for the whole day, because it sounds awesome. Um, I do want to start out with a question of the day, and I'm going to target this to anybody who feels like they want to answer. Um, what the fuck are people thinking bringing in Syrian refugees into the United States of America? Hmm. I'm sorry. I'll answer this, too. If you fucking think this is a good idea and you're listening to this podcast, quit fucking listening, okay? This isn't a matter of, you know, what's right. Is it is it right to take people in and take care of them? Is it right to be humanitarian? Is it right to treat your fellow man with respect and care? Yes, it is. But it's also right to protect your country. It's also right to protect your family. It's also right to make sure that this country is in the best state that it possibly can be in for the future generations to come. So it's not a matter of right or wrong or you're an asshole if you think that these people shouldn't be here. It's a matter of what's more right. Okay, And what's more right for you in the United States is not to bring in a bunch of people that we have no fucking idea who they are, who have a recent reputation of turmoil, disruption, and terrorism so that we can figure out how to deal with them or how our kids can figure out how to deal with them. Okay, Do I feel bad that things are going bad for these people? Do I feel bad that they're drowning in their, in their race to get out of their country? Yes, I do. But I think it's time for America to focus their efforts on taking care of the 50,000 homeless veterans that we have on the streets or all of our problems first, all of the homeless people here before we welcome in these people from all the way across the globe and start feeding and taking care of and financing them for who knows what. Okay, so I'll answer the question. You know, a lot of people don't want to fucking tell the truth when it comes to that. Look, man, just because I don't want him here doesn't mean I want bad for him. But we've got our own issues and we've got to take care of our own problems. And do I think it's shitty? Yeah, I do. But the reality is life is not a life is not always, you know, good decision and good decision. Sometimes you got to make hard decisions, you know, and a hard decision is to say, hey, dude, we need to take care of America. We need to take care of our veterans. We need to take care of the people who fucking matter here. And, and no matter liberal, Republican, Democrat, fucking libertarian, I don't care. I love you more than I love them. And that's the bottom fucking line. Let's take care of us. And when we get us fixed right. and us solved, then we can take our humanitarian tendencies and focus and help other people. Right. Okay? There, Sean Whalen, who's going to be on the podcast next week, has a saying that he, he says, lions eat first. Okay? And a lot of people will say, oh, the leader eats last. The leader is the last one to eat. The lion's the last. Let the, let the pack eat first. No, motherfucker. The lion eats first. You know why the lion eats first? Because if the lion doesn't eat first, it can't take care of the pack. Right. We, need, we, we are the lion. We need to eat first. We need to take care of us, and then we can take care of other people. Period. And anybody who doesn't understand that, I'm sorry. There's something wrong with your fucking brain. Yeah. If you don't like it, don't fucking listen. Uh, no, I, there's nothing to add to that. I just say amen. Uh, I, I, uh, I, Look, it's not like we don't nothing, feel bad for those people. Nothing, nothing I can add. I, you know, I, uh, I, dude, my heart goes out to them when I see these kids drowning in this shit, right? Mm-hmm. But what makes that, you know, the... Is that worth sacrificing one American life, the potential of losing one American life or one murder or one terrorist attack because I feel bad for these people? No, it's not. And I'm sorry, but that's the truth. And it would be nice if we could all live in this perfect world that was perfect and nobody got their fucking feelings hurt and everybody got everything they needed. But that's not reality. Let's talk about reality. The reality is we bring these people in. We don't know who the fuck they are. They start doing shit and fucking up our system. And whose kids got to deal with that? Our kids. That's a bad decision for America. And that's it. I think you're right. 
Uh, amen. I, I have nothing to add. I uh, just keep going. If you got more to say, I I don't because that is all there is to yeah, say. Yeah. You can fucking argue yeah. all day you want, and like liberals and and Republicans like to make this about politics. This isn't about politics. Like I said, dude, you be liberal. You could be Democrat. You could be Republican. You could be Libertarian. You could not give a fuck. I if you're American, I still love you more than I love them, mm-hmm. and that's our priority. You know? Yep. I don't yep. know. I'm just sick. No, of well about said. It. Well said. I mean, you you you've been. I, I think Jim and I both agree. There's no, there's nothing really to add there. Well, I, I think you ought to take the, the put it on YouTube and put it on. You'll it'll go viral. Well, whatever, <laughs> man. I mean, it's common sense shit. It's nothing yeah. spectacular. Yeah. No, but it's it, none of the politicians are saying it. Well, one of them may say it, but but. Uh, well, that's because they got to worry about votes, and I don't. <clears throat> right. Right. So exactly. So anyway. We are going to actually talk about something relevant to business. Um, and there was a little business lesson in there, I think. You know, you got to take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, to take, you've got to take care of yourself first. You can't take care of yourself. can't take care of the team. You know, a lot of truth to that in a lot of situations. Um, <clears throat> today, we're going to talk about something that I think is going to be pretty cool. If you listen to the podcast it, for any length of time in the past, you know just how pathetic we think America has gotten when it comes to competition. Basically, our country's being run by people who don't like it, and, and some people win, some people lose. We don't keep scoring in basketball games. We don't keep scoring soccer, and that's why we give trophies for 17th place. And, guys, here, we think that's bullshit, okay? We think having a competitive mindset and having a desire to win is critical to success. We don't think that it is critical to success, Okay. If you don't have a competitive mindset, if you can't understand that some people win and some people lose, you're never going to win. All right? That's the reality of life. You know, part of the reason that we even have this podcast is because kids these days are raised in such a way to believe that the world is a fair place. The world is not fucking fair. The world is not a fair place. The world doesn't care about you. It doesn't give a shit about you. And they're brought up to the age of the 18 to think that they're going to be this special little delicate flower that they're going to run out in the world and the world's going to fucking shower gold coins and fucking, you know, titties on them the whole fucking rest of their life. You know what I'm saying? And it's not going to happen. I, I was excited about this uh, this you topic. You just got because... excited about the titties. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I was excited about this topic because I love the story that we're going to use to uh, to. to to basically open it up, but the, but before uh, Jim, you tell that story. I think what's amazing about this story when you first told me is that people either really get it, or, or they're completely offended. Oh by yeah, it, and they don't they don't it's get what they're trying. No, it's it, it 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 inspires extreme responses. Well, for those of you guys that don't know, I have a younger brother, and we're less than two years apart. Okay, um, from the time that I can remember. When we were, what, how old were we? Like three years old when you got us the boxing gloves? I don't know. Well, yeah, from first, day one, man. From, from, from as long as I the first memory I have, literally, from Christmas memory, is that my dad got us boxing gloves. And, and we're like two and three or three and four or something like that. It was in that age group. And, and uh, he got us both a set of boxing gloves and made us box. Okay? <laughs> when we're that young. All right? And what happened? Well, you beat Sal's ass, just like you did for 25 years. That's right, Sal. That's because Sal's a bitch. But anyway. Does Sal listen to the podcast? Yeah, that's why I just said that. All right. He knows why. But there is this one time. Yeah, there is one time. There's two times, actually. No, there's not two. One. (laughs) It was two, but. No. Remember that carpet stain on his face? That fucking rug burn on his face? I I remember when when, when he. when he punched you on a tractor. That's different. And it ran like I couldn't hell. get off the tractor fast <laughs> enough. So anyway, we've been bred to be competitive, okay? Um, and there's a famous story that I tell. There's a chant that we use here at First Form and at Supplement Superstores um, that we end our meetings with, okay? And if you see me speak live, you know that I work this into our, our speaking engagements as well. Um, so... When we were little, we would we played soccer and we always played on the same team. Um, I guess just because we were so close in age and it was just easier to have everybody on the same team. All right. Well, yeah, it was it was very easy and, and both of you played at a competitive level. I mean, Sal yeah, Sal played up. Sal played up and he he could play with the big boys and and from day one and and uh, so 
just made sense to do it. So we had so on our way to these games, okay. Um, we had we had a couple things that we did. All right, one, it was understood that if during this soccer game we either ran over and hurt another kid or we scored a goal, we got a toy. Okay, and I mean we got to go to the toy store after the game and buy a, like a toy, like a you know like whatever a legit we toy, like a GI Joe figure. Or yeah, just dude, like, just like, a little it wasn't trinket. something crazy, but it was something. Okay. You know, right, it was part good. of the deal. Right. So there's a reward for like being competitive and aggressive, right? So he would give us this pep talk on the way to the game, and we would sit in the back seat, and he'd sit in the front seat driving, and he would look in the rearview mirror and look at us. And he'd be like, all right, listen, when you get in there, you got to be aggressive. You got to go in the corner, and you got to get that fucking puck out. And we were like, Dad, this is soccer. He's like, I don't fucking care what it is. It's, this is you go get the puck. And the reason he said puck is because our older brother always played hockey. So I guess he was giving, you were giving Jimmy this talk too, huh? Uh, yeah, it was no. It's just uh, I gave sales talks talk? like this. Too. Yeah. It's, it's just so a general. It principle. wasn't a soccer ball. It was a puck. <clears throat> All right, we're like, Dad, I don't care what it is. It's a puck. You go in a corner, you get the puck, you be aggressive, blah blah blah, and like give us this pep talk. And at the end of the talk, he would say, he'd look in the mirror and he would go, "Now what? What are you gonna do?" And we would go, "Kill." <laughs> and he'd go, "What are you gonna do?" We go, "Kill." And he'd go, "What are you gonna do?" We go, "Kill, kill, kill." And, dude, we'd run out of the fucking car, and we would go straight to the soccer field and fucking murder kids. I mean, it was straight. How many fights did you get in the stands when we were growing up? Uh, some of the parents didn't like me. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> but their, their, their kids were pussies. That's the that's truth. <laughs> they didn't have the same talk, did they? No. They'd run away. Dude. <laughs> we're going to get hurt. The reality of life is this. You've got to be competitive, okay? And uh, people are listening to this, and they're saying, holy shit. Is this true? I assure you this is 100% true. Mm-hmm. And I also assure you that there's been a lot more wins than there has been losses for either right. one of us because right. of that mentality. But, you know, last time you told this story in, uh, let's see, I think it was Setting the Record Straight was the podcast that, that you were in. You made a, made a point, Jim, and your point was that it, it wasn't about hurting somebody. It was, oh, about, no, it, it was it, about promoting aggress- aggressiveness. Yeah, actually, I don't think anybody ever got hurt, ever. No. Yeah. They might have got hurt, hurt when Andrew kicked the ball right through their head. <laughs> I mean, that, that was it. It, it was it, about it go it was through about, them, not around them. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't even hurt the kid. I mean, that might even be like the wrong term. It was more like if you ran a kid over and made like an aggressive play. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, I don't think they actually really did get hurt either, but. No, I, I mean, dude, you're like six. How right, hard can you get? Right, exactly. You know? So, you know, the thing is, is that in today's society, if that's if that story came out in today's society, like, dude, it would be all over fucking news. Mm-hmm. It would be on CNN. It would be on Fox. It'd be on the internet. It'd be like, Dad puts bounties on other kids' heads. <laughs> You know what I mean? For Sellagate. <laughs> right, exactly, dude. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. And that's that's what it would be. And that's the right. difference between 30 years ago and now. You know, now it's, it, it's you know, everybody gets a trophy and we don't keep score and we live in la-la land. And that's not fucking reality. You know, the, that's not how the world operates. And if you're conditioned to think that way and you think that everything is roses and flowers and petals and sweet, and, and you're going to learn real quick that nobody gives a shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So developing a competitive mindset is a necessity of being successful. You know, it doesn't mean you focus on other people's losses. It means you focus on doing the best that you can, knowing that if you're not the best that you can, you're not going to fucking win anything. I, I think that's what is really sad to me about the whole parental mindset today that wants to coddle kids and wants to give them a, a trophy for 27th place is that it's like what you said. It's it's la la land. It's not reality. You are not preparing your children. You think you're loving them, but you're doing the exact opposite. Dude, you're hurting them, man. Well, I, this this is this is where I'm coming from, and and what you guys are saying is exactly true. It wasn't about hurting anybody or doing anything else. It was teaching how to win and go out there and play as hard as you can, do the best you can. And that was another thing, you know, having a superpower. No matter how much you played out there, you had more power within your will to do better when you were out there than anybody else. And if you draw on that power, and even today you draw on the power, you, you, you just draw on it. There's a, I call it superpower. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. It was a, I gave more than one talk than kill, kill, kill. But, but uh, everybody, one of my sons on their team, every single the baseball, football, soccer. And, and I'll, I'll brag a little bit, which this may get cut out of here, but my, both of my sons wrestled. 
And it, it wrestled in, in uh, Little League grade school and in, in high school. And, and they had to quit in high school because it conflicted with football. But neither one of them lost a match. Andrew lost one match <coughs> the whole time. And if anybody's ever competitively wrestled, you're one-on-one. It's the, it's the hardest sport there is. And, and when I had my business, if, if you wrestled, you were in with me, man. You, you, I didn't even have to ask another question. I knew that guy would go out and Mentally eat nails. Person. He, yeah, he would eat nails to win. And, and uh, anyway, uh, it, it, is, it is a way to teach your kids. Sports is a competitive way. And, and, and uh, I only – I don't say I only hired – I had about 200 employees, okay, I just didn't hire athletes that were successful, but they had to be successful in something, in some competitive thing. And it was my criteria. I was my own HR department. It was what I hired. And once in a while I made a mistake, but that competitive spirit is what makes people and what makes them successful. And and I know what it is. I mean, I don't know if I want to describe it exactly. Dude, it's the will to want to be better than the next guy no matter what you're doing. It's not – It's not. It's a, even if you're sweeping the fucking floor, you want to do a better job than the other dude sweeping the floor. We're yeah. not talking about go, winning a gold medal at the Olympics here. We're no. talking about uh, a sense of of being the best at what you want to do, no matter what that is. You know, right. if it's if it's being the best garbage man on your fucking crew, it's being the best garbage man. You know what I mean? If it's being the, the best CEO, mm. it's being the best fucking CEO. And if you take away competition, you take away that drive. Well, you, right? I mean, you know, to me, as human beings. We have to have competition to drive excellence. I mean, anybody who looks at it any other way, like they're afraid of competing or they're scared of competing or this or that, they're not, they're not going to ever make it in the real world because the real world is you look at your competitor, you want to do better than him, you use that as a gauge of how much better you need to be, and you can become better than that. And then when he becomes better than you, then you become better than him. And it goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I think a lot of people, you know, um, you know, they try to remove the competitiveness of society. And when you take away the chance to win, you under you undermine the motive to achieve just based off of how we are as humans. You know, when you try to make it so that everybody wins and this and that, you know, what you're really doing is you're taking away people's drive to be great. Whether that be in soccer when you're five years old or whether that be in business when you're 55 years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What's really amazing, I totally agree with that. What's amazing to me, though, is, is I've actually been, I've known kids. Unfortunately, my nephew was in a league where they didn't keep score. The parents didn't keep score. But you're right. We're <laughs> hardwired to be competitive. Uh, that's who we are as human beings. And so even though there was this group of soccer moms in this league who said, we're not going to keep score, the reality is my nephew and all of his buddies, mentally, they were keeping score. They knew at the end of the day who won the game and who didn't. But you're right, Andy. If you if you sort of institutionally take away that com- competition or that keeping score that somebody wins and somebody mm-hmm. loses, you have completely, almost completely obliterated the drive and the incentive. Hey, you know, I, I want to put a little context on this. It's between, like, Andrew and Sal both. And we know this. We don't even have to talk about it. I've never lost ever. I, I've never lost anything I've ever tr- attempted to do, ever. I might have come in second place, but the other guy got the shit beat out of him. He was bleeding, and I don't consider that a loss. It's not even losing. It's, 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 it's learning. It, it, it's, it's that competitive spirit lives on in you for me and, and Sal. And you know what it is. I don't even have to say it to you. Yeah, but, but the thing is, though, is that people don't – what they don't think about is that, <clears throat> you know, when you're not allowing people to lose, you're taking away their ability to learn. You know, I feel like – you know, and I know this for a fact. I mean, in business, the most valuable shit that you're going to do in business is going to be the times when you mess up. It's going to be the times when you make mistakes. It's going to be the times when you invest, you know, $1,000 when it's your last $1,000 and you fucking lose it. Because that $1,000 that you invest and you lose now, that's going to be a million dollars in 10 years as long as you don't quit. So it saved you $990,000 if you think about it the right way. So when you don't lose and you're not willing to lose, and you're not understanding what it means to lose or how to benefit from losing, you're not going to progress or get better. And that's what these people, that's what happens when everybody fucking wins. You know, nobody loses. They don't know how to deal with losing, you know? Absolutely. It's cliche, but it certainly is true. Losing is a character builder. I mean, you, you just become stronger as a result of failure. Yeah, I, I think most people, you know, 
there's and this is the problem man is like our, our younger generation they're so not used to losing that when they get out in the real world and the fucking world just takes a big bite right out of their ass dude it shuts them down for good you know they become bitter they become frustrated they say fuck the man i'm not doing shit you know and that's where they get this attitude from you know i'm yeah. i got screwed yeah so we've been talking basically to jim uh, from the standpoint of you being a parent to andy and sal and and is it jimmy is that the third one yeah yeah, yeah. okay so but let's switch this because you guys have both you know entrepreneurs and you've both been successful businessmen what would be the the downside of shielding your employees from failure? Uh, well, I don't guess I got to think about this for a minute. I, I never shielded anybody from anything. I, I mean, uh, you know what I mean? Like, like, well, you, what what you did? You picked employees and you trained them and taught them and you taught them everything that I know. Or you sent them to school to, to depends learn. on what kind of organization you want to. Yeah, run. and 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 uh, you you go through that, but. Uh, Part of the process is is losing, and and if if I had a manager or whatever it is, uh, uh, you would give them the opportunity to do their own thing, to be to to, to, to develop their, their process or whatever it is, and they would say, I want to do it this way, this way, and this way, and you would give them the tools, you give them money, some people, or whatever it is to do it, and and then, and then they would fail, and you would review the failure of why they failed, mm -hmm. and say, well, you could have. I never told him what to do. I never told a single employee what to do. Now, don't get me wrong. I yelled and screamed, but it was the teaching mode was to teach them how to think for themselves and how to win by themselves by a learning lesson. And, and unfortunately, and, people don't usually l learn those lessons unless they go out and do them no, themselves. You, like they had you, to fail. If there's it, a big difference between, like I'm going to tell you, and you'll agree, I think, is that if you told the same person I learned this lesson too, man. Uh, like I, I used to just try to dictate to my, to my team what they needed to do and what they would do <clears throat> is they would go do it my way begrudgingly. And they would say, dude, that fucking Andy he thinks he knows everything. So then what I started doing and, and you know, under the, under his advice um, was I started to do the same thing. You know, I, I, I people would come to me and say, well, what do you think you should do? Okay. And they would answer. And if it was like a big, if it was like something I knew they were going to fuck up, but it was going to cost me a little bit of money, I let them go fuck up because it'll teach them the lesson. I look at that loss of money as an investment in their progress. Okay. So, but if let's say it was a big thing, like as a big thing, like, you know, like they got this great idea and they're going to go make you, it's going to cost you a hundred grand or, or a million dollars if they fuck it up. Then I say shit like this. Like they'd be like, Oh, I think we should do it this way. And I say, well, and I know it's wrong. Okay, keep in mind, I know it's wrong when they're saying this. I said, well, have you thought about doing it this way? And I'll suggest it. And then if they still fight it, that's what I said. All right, look, we're not doing it that way. You know, right. there has to be limits right. to how much rope you well, give them. That's, I mean, that's just total delegation. And that's right. what it is. You're but teaching, you, but you, teaching you want somebody to through delegation how to learn, how to be successful. And, and uh, I, you know, I had five managers at the end of my business i never did anything i, I, well, I no, did that's what i was to gonna do. say i had you, nothing to do if you want to make it boring when i said earlier <laughs> it depends on the kind of organization you want to run <laughs> if you want to run an autonomous organization of dudes who will not make your life miserable and who will run shit and you can go on vacation and do and live a normal life dude you got to let these guys fuck up and make mistakes if you want to run something that will never run without you being there then feel free to be on top of them like a mother hen all the time but it'll drive you crazy and that's what I meant yeah. when I said that. In my first business years, you learn as you grow up. I didn't go to Harvard or Yale. My Harvard or Yale was working in a business and getting the shit kicked out of me, you know. And, Which is and, more valuable uh, than any Harvard or Yale. Yeah, and uh, the, uh, the, the ability to teach people how to win is, is what, what, what really we're talking about right here. And, and I, I really, I'm an expert at it. I, I could go anywhere and do that and... You, you give me any company to run, and I could run it right now. Uh, obviously, I'm bullshitting. I, I, I will sure as hell try, and I don't think I'd lose. But uh, you Well, get, no, I think you're you, right. You just, I, think I you're, just hire the people that do it. And no, it's not even that. And, it, it, and, and, you see, people hear that, and like you say, oh, I'm bullshitting. But I disagree with that because business is very fucking simple, okay? And it's overcomplicated by, I mean, if we're going to talk about small business small business is so fucking simple it's not even funny i could i could sit down with people for eight hours teach them everything they need to know very fucking simple you're talking about corporate america it's not as simple because those people have to justify their jobs by making it complicated but in the reality it's still simple 
You know, it's it comes down to taking one customer and making it on two. It's simple. You know, yeah. so I, I disagree with you, like, saying, oh, I couldn't do that. No, you could fucking do it. No, I, I didn't mean it. I couldn't do it. No, I could do it. I, no, but, I, like, some know, of these people are listening. They're like, oh, yeah, you couldn't run fucking, you know, Walmart. Bullshit. bullshit. It'd be real fucking easy. I could run Walmart. I'd make it efficient. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I'm saying. I'd make Sam Walton proud today, man. He'd be, <laughs> he'd be rolling in his grave clapping. Happy. Yeah. No, but, I mean. So I'm listening to you guys, and I'm. But people, gonna... but Vaughn, people overcomplicate business, and you guys mm-hmm. listening, people overcomplicate it. They think that there's like this secret thing, and I've said this a billion times, that CEOs or people who run businesses have. No, it's not. It's the ability to make it simple is the secret that they have. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But I love what you say. It's 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 simple. It's not complicated. And what's interesting is if anybody's paying attention and listening to this podcast, not just this episode, but all of them. Connect the dots, guys, because the number one or one of the number one complaints among employers right now is that that em- employees, particularly young ones, don't know how to problem solve. Why don't they know how to problem they solve? Had to compete. Because they've never well, they've never had to face a problem right. because they've been they've been shielded yeah. from problems mm-hmm. by by helicopter parents and, and people who thought, oh, I don't want Johnny to have a bruised ego because he's he experiences a sense of failure. And the great, great result or the great fruit that comes out of failure is learning to overcome it and to problem solve. And it doesn't, I mean, it makes total sense that you have a whole workforce right now in America. Dude, if you're on a fucking, you don't know how to problem solve. If you're on a soccer solve. team and you go out, dude, when, all right, look, when I, I play lacrosse, okay. And we used to travel around the country and in, in Missouri, lacrosse has gotten huge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when, when, when I first played it, which was almost 20 years ago, uh, it was tiny here in Missouri. So we would travel out to like the East coast. All right. On a, on a trip every year, and we would play against teams from Baltimore. And in fucking Baltimore, I don't know if anybody knows, but it's like the lacrosse capital of the universe in terms of high school lacrosse. All right, we played this team out there called Calvert Hall. Okay, they beat us twenty-seven to fucking one, twenty-seven to one. Wow. All right, at the end of the day, dude, I was just—I played long stick. I played defense. I was just hatcheting people. Like they run by me, I hit them as hard as I could. Because that's all I can fucking do. You know what you should do to drive home this point? Because I don't know that everybody listening really understands how lacrosse. It, that's a that's a very prolific game. Those uh, what dude. the typical l- lacrosse game is. What like five to three? Yeah, like, yeah. It could be it could be like eleven to seven yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I mean it's it's right. pretty hard to score in lacrosse. It, I mean, isn't it? I mean, it depends. You know, it's like anything. It could be a low scoring game. It could be, yeah. it's, it's usually a medium like eleven to seven type yeah. game. Twenty seven to one. <laughs> all right, and these fucking kids, you know, dude. They were unbelievable, and I to the point where like, and I was a pretty good athlete, man. I was fast, I was big, and I, I had good hand-eye coordination. Dude, these guys were so good. Like I said, I would just hatch them. Like, and mm-hmm. when I mean hatch them, I mean I would take my stick and hit them as hard as I fucking could in their head, because <laughs> that's all I could do. Right. That's how good they were. Yeah. All right. So if they came within four feet of me, they got fucking hatched it. All right. I got kicked out of the game. But the, here's the point: we will go out there at the beginning of the year and we get our asses beat by three or four teams. All right. We come back to Missouri and kill everybody because we went out there and we lost and we learned so much from losing to these guys who were so much better than us that we came back here and dominated. All right. And that's what competition's about. It's about getting better. You know, a lot of people hate competition because they don't like losing. But if you, nobody likes losing. But if you can't learn from your abilities, that, if you can't learn from the losses that you take, you're never going to be great. It's impossible. Because everybody goes through that. Like, dude, let's talk about something current right now. Ronda Rousey gets her ass beat the other night. Okay? I mean, that was a straight domination. I don't. I love Ronda Rousey. A lot of people don't like her. I don't really care. I think she's awesome. You know, they say, oh, she's not humble. Oh, she talks all this shit. Well, dude, if you're going to get in the ring with bare fists against anybody, you're going to have to be pretty fucking cocky. It's just the reality. Very true. All right? So let's talk about her getting her ass beat. All right, now she's in a situation where she was the best, the best, the best, the best, the best. Now she loses. She has two choices. She can either go and improve her skills, hire somebody who can help her improve, or she could quit. But my, my, my argument is that, dude, her story, if she goes and improves and becomes better, will be ten times the story that it would have been had she went undefeated. You know what I mean? Absolutely, so, yeah. You know, you have to be able to go out and understand that to become great, 
Like, I, I don't even think she was great before. I think now she has the opportunity to become great. Go out, you fucking learn how to box from somebody who knows how to box because clearly she doesn't know how to box the right way. Comes back and let's say she beats that girl. Now you're talking about somebody who's got some heart. Now you're talking about legend. Now you're talking about greatness. You know, and the reality is people don't look at it like that. They look at it like, you know, oh, I fucking got fired from my job at McDonald's. Right. I'm a failure. Right. I'm a loser. Right. Which, which actually reminds me of something that you say, Andy, all the time, which is that there is a difference between losing and being a loser. Right. Right. Yeah. If you come out, you give, you give every ounce of effort you have and you still lose, it doesn't mean you're a fucking loser. You know, what makes you a loser is when you go home from that lesson and you quit. Okay. When you go home from that lesson, you say, fuck, I, that wasn't meant for me. Or you say, you go home from that, that ass beating you took and you say, Yo, I don't, you know, I'm just going to be an ice cream man. You know what I mean? Right. Like absolutely. that's what makes somebody, and no offense, I'm not like picking on, I'm just saying, if you could be fucking a CEO and you choose to be a fucking bicycle ice cream man, you know, you're significantly underperforming. Right. Sorry. Absolutely. No, so. but I, I, I love the idea. There's some famous quote, and I don't know who it's by. I think it's like Teddy Roosevelt or somebody that basically says, the person who's the competitor, whether they win or lose, they're winners. It's the people on the sidelines. It's the people who are spectators. Those are the people that are re- the real losers. The ones that just sit on the well, armchair dude, I mean, and have the criticism. That's never been more prevalent than yeah. today. I yeah. Mean, fuck, dude. 98% of America is fucking armchair critic about everything. I never realized how many political experts and, and fucking financial experts and, and fucking UFC experts we had until the last week when we're talking about, you know, all these current affairs. You know what I mean? Right. Everybody's yeah. a fucking expert. But what has anybody really done? You yeah, know what I mean? Not, not a whole lot. They don't lot. have perspective to even speak. But, you like, know, on the highest levels, uh, to your point, what you were just saying, on the highest levels of, like, athleticism or business or what have you, you know, when let's, let's say when two titans of, of sports face each other and one of them loses, invariably the other one, the one who won the, the match or the game or whatever, there is always huge respect for the person that lost because that person that won knows this person. I just, in this case, I was better. I was the best, but that's not necessarily saying that the person who, who failed in this situation is a loser. Just, they didn't win. That's why you never see major shit talking after like, you know, a team beats another team. You know what I mean? Cause they respect the process of what it takes to get in that game in the first place. You know, I don't know. I like good shit talking though. <laughs> Hey, you know, I, 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 a question's going through my mind here. This, this person we're talking to out there, out there in, in the podcast is, how does this competitive spirit apply to me if I don't have it, or how do I get it, or where do I get it from, or how does it, how does it, how does it apply to me, or how can I get it, how can I use it? And, I think that's a great point. And and you know, I, I I'm gonna not wanting to be talking about myself, but I, I don't know. I guess I got it from my dad. I don't know. I just never, I just hated to lose. Well, no, well, I woke it, up yeah, in the morning. See, I didn't want to lose, and I don't want, I, I never have I lost think people, that ever. I, I think I never want to lose. Don't right. you think that people are born with that naturally? Uh, yes, maybe, but I thought, but I, I also, know. I mean, for people who, who are not natural, I mean, I do think that it can be cultivated. No, no, no. You but know. what I'm saying is I think my opinion on it is that if people are born with it naturally, and then they get it bred out of them or taught out of them. It could be. Like, yeah. hey, you know, Johnny, it doesn't matter who wins or loses. It matters, you know, how much sportsmanship you have. Which, yes, that matters too. But right. fucking sure does matter if you win or lose. Right. You know? So, so I'm going to throw something out. And I'm, I, I would love to hear what you guys have to say to this. I mean, I'm thinking about what he just said too. Like, how do you cultivate competitiveness amongst somebody who's you know, not naturally a competitive person? I, 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 but this is why I think they're not naturally competitive. I think there are people who look at other people who are very good at what they do, okay, and they, they see those people, and they, they in, in many cases, those people might be bad winners. In other words, it's not about being the best to them. It's about just hurting other people, or it's about making other people look bad. And so I think that people wrongly associate competitiveness and wanting to win with being mean. How, how, what would you say to somebody like that? Well, I'd say they're retarded. Oh, sorry, I can't use that word. <laughs> well, oh, that is being mean. <laughs> Dude, hey, look, I, I, I don't care that, if you that, use that, that word. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't. But you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, I, I get, nice people sometimes have a hard question, time being competitive. Dude, those people never want anything. <laughs> right. You know right. what I'm saying? Those yeah. people voted for Obama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, man, those people never want anything. That's, that's like true. I said in the beginning of the podcast, 
you know, it's ideals are nice to think about. It's nice to think about everybody winning. It's nice to think about allowing everybody in the world to come to this country. I mean, dude, it's nice to think about everybody becoming a millionaire or a billionaire. But what's the reality? Well, the reality is, is it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was, I went into business when I was twenty. All right, and and I didn't know everything. It didn't, and and you, you, what do you learn things? You learn things from other people. You emulate other people. You, uh, you read books. Uh, the, all the motivational speakers. What just is about right now? Right now is what you're doing is, is, giving people access to knowledge that they didn't have before. And I read every one of those books. I read every book there was. Every single person. Why? Why'd you do that? Because I want to be better. Right. And and it, it did teach me to emulate them and, and not everyone. I never want to lose. No. Right, right this very minute. I, I oh, mean, man. I, I, I will not. I refuse. Dude, losing is the worst fucking thing on earth. No, in my never. Opinion. I mean, yeah. when we played checkers or whatever it was. Didn't or a little, yeah, No, I, I used to let you guys win once in a while, but I wasn't that <laughs> no, bad. No, you didn't. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> but, but I well, love see, what you a, said. Your answer for why you wanted to win is you wanted to become better. And that's oh, what people don't understand. It's not about them losing. It's about you winning. Those, it's about you being the best possible version of yourself. And I, that's what I think that... Well, people, dude, it's not, it's not okay to fucking lose. No. It's not okay. No. Like, dude, you could justify it any way you want. If you're a parent, you could tell your kids any bullshit you want. Uh, I'm just going to say it. It's not fucking okay to lose. It's not. Okay, you should avoid losing at all costs. And if you do happen to lose, you figure out why the fuck you lost and you come up with a plan to not lose again. You know, I'm tired of this bullshit. Like, oh, it's okay to fucking lose. No, it's not okay. Do you want your kid to be fucking broke when he's 30 years old? Do you want him working at fucking McDonald's begging for $15 minimum wage to live? No. If you don't fucking want him doing that, quit teaching him it's okay to fucking lose. Period. Right. If you accept the losing, you're going to accept mediocrity. No, there's no question. There's no other way around it. You know, so when you're sitting around wondering why, you know, your kid can't get his fucking shit together and get out of your motherfucking basement. Well, maybe it's because you taught him that it was okay to fucking lose. Period. Well, I'm sorry for all you fucking liberal hippies out there to think it's okay. And everybody, dude, get your head out of your ass. Period. I'm going to say this. There's a hell of a lot of people that we're talking to out there right now that that's they're going to be listening to this whenever this thing comes out. They ain't, they're not going to get what we're talking about. Oh, they get it. Our, our, they're, our and they're not going it. to be able to use it. Okay, your people were. I don't. Yeah. I don't know who we're actually talking no, to. No, you. you, you know. Do you even know what we're doing? You know, <laughs> I just know. Like, you do you know what a podcast or? is? All he knows is he comes and talks into the fucking microphone. <laughs> I'm talking to David over there who's laughing at me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick his little ass and he's gonna be a loser when this is over. Dude, <laughs> you little you little Dave, Dave is sitting in for uh Tyler. Tyler had to go get another pair of uh, coral shorts. Yeah. But uh, he went ahead to go straight to Miami to get yeah, them though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So No Dave, I I I, I mean excuse me. Uh, Are you sure it wasn't Jim. Key West he was going to? <laughs> yeah, we were not gonna go there. Jim uh I, I get what you're saying, though. There are there are probably some people listening uh, in in our audience. I mean, I, Andy's right. Most of our audience are, are people who kill it every day, and they are people. No, who dude, are they're sick of it. People, are, dude, people yeah, are tired I, I, of I'm it. I'm not. You Look, know, man, but but your point is that there probably is somebody who's listening who's maybe tempted at times to. to well, if they're listening to this, and they're they're in the right in the right world, right. listening to something. That uh, am I right? Yeah, I'm right. Do I know everything? No. There's other people that are no, smarter than me, and and. Yeah. And you need to listen to. But all none of them, them are going to tell you it's okay to lose either. Yeah. Well, if they do, I, go, no. get away from them. No, dude. Yeah. Pete, we're at a turning point in society. <clears throat> I believe that we're at a turning point of mentality. We're at a turning point of what people actually believe is true. We've had fucking ten years of this. Everybody wins. Actually, more than that. Probably like 12, 15 years of the everybody wins. Don't fucking hurt people's feelings. And dude, people are starting to realize that it doesn't work. Okay. It's great, like I said a million times, a great thought to think, noble thought to think, absolutely, great. We want the best for everybody. Yes, we do. But I think people are tired of the ideals, and they're starting to focus on the reality. And I feel like if that weren't the case, you wouldn't see Donald Trump at the top of the ratings right now. Okay? That's a good point. You know what I mean? If this yeah. were four years ago or eight years ago, Donald Trump wouldn't even have a fucking dog in this race. Because they'd be like, dude, you're crazy. But you know what's crazy? is the shit that we're seeing now. You know, we're seeing people out there who want free school, $15 minimum wage, and all this shit, but yet can't figure out where the fuck it's going to come from. And then when you ask them, they say, oh, we're going to tax the rich 100%. Right. Motherfucker, 
The rich pay their share. It's a, it's, this isn't a fucking, you, you don't understand. You know what I'm saying? When the, 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 the average the rich guy, are already paying 80% of all the taxes. Dude. They can't pay any more than they can. No. Right. Look, it's, it's just, it's, the, the point of the matter of what I'm trying to make is that people are sick of this shit. And so I feel like, you know, they're ready to get back to America the way that America is supposed to be. They're ready to get back to living life the way it's supposed to be. They're ready to break out of the politically correct nonsense that we've been fed for the last 15 years. I feel like we are ready because, like I said, if we weren't, Donald Trump wouldn't be kicking everybody's ass right now. You're right. You know what I mean? I think we're starting to understand that. that uh... No, we're starting to understand ideals versus reality. Right. You know, I think the bottom line that we need to really talk about here is that you have to earn the right to feel good about yourself. Okay? You don't get the riches. You don't get the success. You don't get the, the accolades for just being born, which is what I think the, the issue with a lot of the youth is right now. It, it's, it's, you know, it, the popular word is entitlement, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I deserve the world because I'm fucking special. Well, no, you're not special. And you're going to find out real quick when you get to be about 25 years old. You know, you could coast through college. Your first couple years of job, you could go work for somebody, and you're going to feel real enthusiastic. And then you get into your third or fourth year, and you're going to be like, fuck, they don't care about me. And then reality is going to set in. Okay? Right. And, that, and that's, that's the reality. Right. I don't know if you guys ever saw the documentary Waiting for Superman, but it talked about – it basically was talking about some of the failures of public education, but I'll never forget what they say in that documentary. It says American school children for like the last 10 or 15 years have ranked number one in self-esteem. And according to all the psychologists, oh, if, you feel, if you feel really good about yourself, <clears throat> you should be successful. Well, guess how they rank in terms of actual performance relative to other countries? Probably last. They, they're, they're not last, but they're way, or way 20th. down there. Like they're, like, they're like 20, 30, 40. Yeah. So there is no direct connection between feeling good about yourself and your ability to achieve. Your ability to Dude, achieve if you're not- it influences how you feel. If you're not you doing like, a good job, you should be told you're not doing a good job. And you should have enough gall to be able to handle that criticism and go out and improve your performance. Yeah. You know, I've run into this in the past with salespeople. You know, I fucking say, hey, what the fuck is going on with your numbers? They suck. Oh, Andy, you're being mean. No, I'm not. I'm trying to get you to improve so that you can progress further in life. If you can't improve from here, what are you going to be doing in two years from now? Oh, Andy, you're a jackass. You're mean. And then they quit. They go work somewhere else, and they come back in a year and say, fuck, dude. You know, I, I had a good job there. I had a good thing going. I miss right. it there. You actually cared about me. You know what I mean? It's you just wanted like, them to improve. That's dude. the key. You weren't yeah. shielding them from failure. You weren't coddling them because you cared enough to hold them accountable. This is what yeah. our and culture is understanding. And real successful people hold themselves yeah. accountable. Yeah. Well, I've got a little – this is on the topic about the self-esteem – uh, item there, there's I always looked at it this way there was there's three parts to it and and it's really related to the topic of what is happiness but this is not, not relating to that to it it's it's about self-esteem uh, happiness or self-esteem is looking back at your past successes and being really proud of them you've got your failures too but you look at those successes and then you come to the present Number two, you're in the present. Well, if you look back and you have all these successes, I'm looking over my shoulder here. If you, you, you have them, that brings happiness to you. And then the third part is looking into the future to plan future successes. And if, if you're number two and you just remain there and you just keep looking back, your happiness and self-esteem is going to plummet. Not necessarily self-esteem, but it's not going to work. So it's a constant ongoing thing of going forward with a plan of having a success and that it just goes well, on like, and on like and on growing, and on. It's like growing a, a vegetable. I, I, like, it's dude, just one, two, three, one, two, three, one, yeah. two, three. And looking backwards, looking backwards at your history, you look backwards at your history, don't look at failures. That is what brings you happiness. Right. It's not well, sitting success, here going, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm but happy. success is the same thing, man. It's, well, it is success. It, it's, it's, it's the same it's thing the same because word. it's, it's you, you're, you're, where you are presently is not your success no. or failure. If you're in a shitty spot right now, it's not because of what you did today or what you're doing today. Or if you're in a great spot there right now, it's not because of what you did today or what you're doing today. It's because of the seeds that you planted six months ago and or didn't plant 
and watered and harvested. And the same is for self-esteem. You got a big old dose of self-esteem, it's probably because you kicked ass for the last six months. Right? Yeah, but see, looking back only lasts for a second. It's got to be right. the future and now. Doing something now about the future, which brings the past, which is your happiness or success. I, I, I don't know if that concept is... No, I think did I make it sense. clear? I mean, it's, you it's one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, always. And, and if you stop, I'm not saying you can be unhappy, but boy. Hey, man, if you stop planting fucking seeds after, uh, you know, you're a great farmer and you keep planting seeds, you're feeding your family for 20 years, right? What happens when you stop planting those seeds? You fucking starve. Right. Well, same concept. I, I like what you started to talk about just a little bit ago, Jim, and I, you guys should tackle this again, is that what can you do? For those who who are interested in taking their level of competition even to the next level, to to what can you do to cultivate a winning attitude? A win, a just a never say die. You know, Look, do whatever you I had to a do. real good lesson. Um, I started taking guitar lessons when I was thirty years old, and I'm still terrible. But it 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 was really hard for me because I'm a competitive dude and I want results right fucking now. All right, so learning to play a musical instrument was one of the most humbling things I ever did. And it required tons of patience. And I had my guitar teacher, and he used to say, "Hey, man, you're you're not a patient, dude. You need to like you need to like work on things that will help cultivate the quality of patience with you." And I'm like, "Well, how do you do that?" And he's like, "You got to do things that require patience." Hmm. All right. So the thing is, is that when you talk about being competitive, if you want to learn how to be competitive, guess what you got to do? You got to put yourself in situations where you have to compete. All right. And that's going to be situations that it might be stupid things like fucking join a volleyball league or join a fucking whatever you're interested in. You run know, a 5K. The, right. Run a 5K. Mm-hmm. There's different kinds of competition, but you've got to make competition part of your life. Period. Yeah. You Maybe. know, if you want to be better at patience, practice patience. If you want to be better at competing, start competing. Look, man, the world's set up for competition. I mean, you look at a fucking video game made for a two-year-old kid. It keeps score. Right. You know what I mean? The world's set up. Like, competition is not completely weeded out of America. I think that, you know, if you're a 20-year-old dude right now and you're having problems caring about competition, go look at your fucking bank account and realize that it's going to stay at $200 the rest of your life. And think about how you're going to fucking live unless you start winning. All right? If you're a a parent of a three-year-old or a four-year-old or a five-year-old, Realize that you're doing them harm, not good, by telling them how great they are all the time and how awesome they are instead of coaching them to be better like a real parent would. You know what I mean? Absolutely, Um, yeah. You know, like you guys out there who are always talking about free shit, you know, this is something I'm big on. You know, quit voting for people who want to fucking give you the world. You know, a free education. No, education shouldn't be fucking free. Okay? You're going to put every fucking person out there in, in, in the world through college and dilute the fucking quality of the education that, that people are going to get the, for the people who worked to earn that? I mean, come on. It's not, you know, basic education free, yeah. But you know what? The world needs people who are going to go out and do, you know, basic jobs too. And let's be real. You know, you have to earn your level. It's just like, this, you know, it's just like business. You've got to earn your way up the ladder. You know, you can't just have it handed to you. Because it won't work. You know, that's not how it works. It's the same thing we keep talking about. Ideals. It's not reality. You know, quit putting your kids in leagues that don't keep score. You know, speak up. Raise some fucking hell about it. You know what I mean? Quit allowing it to be okay. You know, that's the problem right now. No, Nobody's speaking up. Nobody's saying what we're all thinking. You know what I mean? We're all. I, thinking- I think that's a great point. And you, you've said this before, is that the, most of the people that listen to us, they are committed to good standards and they're committed to just kind of no, they're rolling living with the their punches. Own, yeah, and living their own lives. But I mean, honestly, this this insanity in our country is not going to stop until good people start standing up and saying, "No more." No, I think we're, we're there though. Yeah, I think we're there. I think people are feeling better about standing up for that kind of stuff. You know, um, you know, you got this cooperative learning bullshit in school now, where you got two smart kids and three kids who who couldn't fucking flick their booger the right direction in a group. And you got the, the smart kids doing all the work because their parents work with them. And you got the three deadbeat kids and they all get the same fucking grade. It doesn't even make sense. That's not okay. That's not America. America is hard work equals reward. America is, dude, if you want success, the opportunity is there. You got to work for it. It's not 
everybody gets a fucking B, you know, because you, you're anchored down by three kids who, who eat their fucking boogers. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's the reality. You know, quit shielding your kids from losing. Let your kids lose. You know, let them lose and then explain to them, like, hey, if you don't want to lose again, you got to get fucking better. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's real simple. It's I mean, it's not rocket science. Dude, it's not, It's man. really not. It started with some fucking soccer mom out there who thinks that it wasn't fair because her, her kid couldn't fucking get on the field because she didn't go out and play fucking soccer with them. Right. So her fucking lacking as a parent and teaching her kid the skills to go out and play soccer, now nobody can fucking play soccer unless her kid's on the fucking field. And that mentality is comes from the laziness of their own parents refusing to do the fucking legwork it takes to get your kid competitive and then still want your kid to enjoy everything. No, motherfucker, you're lazy, you're a shitty parent, period. Yeah. End of fucking story. You I, know? I know everybody knows this, but I, I got to repeat it because I think it's amazing. The greatest basketball player who ever lived was cut from his high school, or no, excuse me, was cut from his junior high team. Michael Jordan was cut from his junior high team, all right? So what did he do? He had a dad, and he had a, he, an internal drive that said, I'm going to get better, I, and this is never going to happen again. I am never going to be cut from my team again, and, you know, the Dude, rest, I is, think the rest the is history. the most successful people on earth, and I don't know, like, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about this. I, the most successful people I've ever met hate losing far more than they enjoy winning. Like, you, I get this question. Like, what do you like? What's better, not losing or winning? Dude, I think hating the fucking taste of losing is the biggest motivator on earth I've seen. I, from my experience, I feel there's far more successful people that would agree with that than as opposed to how good it feels to win. What do you think? I, I, I agree 100%. Yeah. I, I'm, the, I'm, I'm way more lose. motivated by I, like, not losing. I don't ever want to lose. Yeah. I don't want to lose anything. I, I, I just can't. It's not in my genes. It's just not there. I, it's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. And that goes, that goes to your point, Vaughn, and what you said earlier about it being an ethical thing. Like, it's not like we want to win and rub it in somebody's fucking face. It's just, dude, I don't want to be the loser. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, the, the world is not a fucking ideal place. You know, it's competitive. There's, there's, there's right, there's right, and then there's less right, and then there's wrong. You know what I mean? Right. And you want to be on the fucking right. You know what I mean? Right. No, ab- absolutely. I mean, a good question that I would pose people who, who want ev- everybody to be equal, want to give prizes for everybody, is that I would want to ask them, so if you go in for heart surgery, which, which doctor do you want? You the want doctor, the one that was the picking do- his boogers yeah. in, in a fucking cooperative learning <laughs> the do- class. The doctor who was in cooperative learning class in medical school or the doctor who said... I will get better grades than every person in my class. I will be superior to every doctor in the history of the world in my particular field. I mean, which one do you want? Dude, that's a no-brainer. Of course it is. But the problem, Vaughn, is everybody knows that's a no-brainer. Even the most fucking, uh, what do we want to call him here? The most everybody should win mentality person mm-hmm. knows that's a no-brainer. The problem isn't that they don't know it's a no-brainer. It's that they won't admit it's a no-brainer yeah. because they mm-hmm. want to win an argument that it, because they want to win an argument, which ultimately makes them competitive too. So, motherfuckers, you ain't even making your own point the right way. That's a good point. You know Excellent what I'm saying? Point. Yeah, no. Like, I, no I, dude, you can't yeah. even have a fucking conversation with somebody like this because they want to win the conversation. Well, not everybody. Well, everybody can't win the conversation. You get what I'm saying? So you have a fucking person who wants to make an argument about, you know, how everybody should win everything. They won't listen to your conversation because they want to win their conversation. It doesn't even make fucking sense, you know? No sense at all. Everybody knows that's the truth. Even these people. It's, it all starts out with, you know, little Johnny's not as good as these other kids. But, you know, I know he's better. I know he's better if he only got the chance. Right. Guys, uh... Please, oh, by Johnny, all means. Little Johnny got the chance, Vaughn, to get on the <laughs> soccer field. I'm sure he would be Pele. Yeah. That's where it all started. No, you're right. It, 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 you know, here, yeah. Johnny, here's the fucking sugar smacks for my minivan. Yeah. Fuck you. If you would like the show notes to this episode, go to the mfceo.com forward slash P29. And there you will find... The show notes, as well as links to all sorts of wonderful things. And, you know, guys, just check out our website. You're going to learn more about Andy and the uh, MFCEO project, and you'll 
find all of our social media connections, and eventually we're going to finish the book, and we're going to finish courses, and we're going to finish basically ruling Dad, the Dad, why'd you raise me to be so competitive? <laughs> You're such an asshole. I didn't, I didn't, want, I didn't want a loser. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got one in Sal, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Just no, kidding, no. Sal. Just kidding. No. We got, we got, Sal's going to kick my butt. <laughs> we got a... Uh, you... you you hey. have no idea of the f- wrestling and fist fights and stuff through the years that two brothers and siblings had. <laughs> it was every day. It was bam, 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 bam. And then two minutes later, they'd be playing. This is yeah. like when they're five years old, ten years old. Well, that's boys. And see, boys are not allowed to be boys anymore. Who, who hit the longest home run? Who hit the, who well, everybody hit knows the who hit the longest home runs. I hit the fucking longest home runs. I know Sal's not here. I'm, I'm <laughs> I mean, Sal might have went on to play pro baseball and all that shit. But everybody knows my home runs were fucking longer than his. I agree there was some really, really long home runs. Yeah. And <clears throat> Remember that one I hit at Sullivan? Yeah. 340 he... foot over the wall at 11 years old. Wow. Yeah, out I'm of Major impressed. League Park. But your preferred, your preferred sport is uh, football. My, my preferred sport is fucking winning. Oh. Anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fucking. I'm, I'm just sitting here disgusted, like, thinking about this. Like, why the fuck were we even talking about this? Hey, I, 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 this is like I want to win at fucking Tetris. I want to win at fucking, I want to win at checkers. You know what I'm saying? I want, I want the fucking coolest car. I want the coolest house. I want the fucking coolest company. I mean, I just want to fucking win. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. I just don't understand how you can't fucking see that as a person. Like, dude, the lesson here today is a: don't be a bitch. Get in the game. Be competitive. Put yourself in competitive situations, and understand that there are winners and there are losers. Period. All right? It's reality. You know, if you want to be competitive, start doing competitive things. If you want to be a pussy, don't do competitive things. All right, guys. You've been listening to the MF CEO Project. Be competitive. We'll talk to you later.